Hi, I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host Kate Boyle and this week we are talking about how we can wake up feeling energized, how we can get more energy and maintain those higher energy levels throughout the day. Because there's nothing worse when you wake up in the morning and it's the start of a new day and you already feel tired even before you get up. Now, I'm sure, just like me, you've all been there, and sometimes it's because you haven't had enough sleep. You had a really late night um, for whatever reason. Maybe you've had a fun night out. Maybe it's just been the kids keeping you up, and you think, oh, I could just kill for another hour of sleep. Now, that can just be, you know, when it's just a once-off, it's okay. But when you continually wake up every morning or most mornings, say 9 out of 10, and you think, oh, I just really wish I could roll on over and go back to sleep, then we need to be looking at our energy levels and what may be affecting them and how we can change those energy levels. So we do wake up feeling like, sparkly, brand new, ready to start the day, ready to just, you know, jump out of bed and take charge. So what can we do to make sure that we have enough energy? Well, there are a few different things, but what we are going to start with is looking at our sleep habits. And I know I feel like, you know, I need to be doing the snoring noise right now. Like we've heard this all before, you know, exactly right. We have because it is so important. But sleep is one of those things that tends to come a little bit further, you know, down our list of priorities. We, you know, we focus on making sure that we're eating well and we're fitting our workouts in. And then, you know, above with everything else going on, sleep can sometimes come last. And sometimes we use that as a badge of honor too. So, you know, you can go out and be like, oh, well, I can still get through a whole day and fit everything in when I've only had five hours. And, you know, if you've got young kids and they wake you up and you can get through your day, you know, you know, cheer, big clap for you because it does get really hard. But when we are doing that for prolonged periods of time, that's when we can really feel it affect our health. And especially as women enter perimenopause and menopause and sleep habits can change, hormonal issues may pop up and just our normal hormonal levels change, this can affect our sleep as well. So getting into place some really good sleep routine and habits that can really maximize good quality sleep is super important. But where do we start? So we can start by making sure that we're going to bed at a reasonable hour. And when I say reasonable, I mean whatever hour suits you and your schedule. So generally, we should be aiming for about six to eight hours of sleep an hour a night. Most people will need around that seven to eight hour mark. But if you can really dial your sleep in and get really good quality sleep, then you may find six hours is enough. 
In saying that, it's very different for everybody. So again, making sure you get a really good amount of hours, but we want to maximize the quality of the sleep that we're getting. We don't want to be waking up lots of times throughout the night. Otherwise, you're not really getting those eight hours. You're probably getting more like four or five. So how do we do that? Well, a few things. We can start by making sure that our bedroom is really dark. So block out blinds are fantastic. I wear an eye patch. Okay. If you don't want to go to that extreme, just make sure that your blinds and curtains are pulled down so they're nice and dark. And also make sure your room isn't too hot. So if you're hot, you're going to toss and turn. You're going to wake up more. So we really want to drop that temperature down to a nice cool sort of anywhere between, you know, around that 18 degree mark in your room, 17, right down to 16. This is Celsius. Um, if you're, a, you know, tend to like that cooler side, but just making sure that you're not leaving on any electric blankets, get rid of those heat packs and just make sure you've got a nice cool environment in your room. We also want to make sure that before we go to bed, that we're not on too many screens, devices, doing work, doing activity that's stimulating our brain and boosting our cortisol levels. We want to make sure that we're nice and calm, allowing our body to relax, stay in that parasympathetic state, that rest and digest state, which helps to ensure that our melatonin levels are rising up, getting ready to help us to go off to sleep. So of avoiding opening up that laptop and sending those few emails. You know, if you're watching TV, try to turn it off at least an hour before you go to bed, a little bit more if you can. Otherwise, just invest in a pair of blue light blocking glasses because they are fantastic for helping you block out that blue light and then help the, again, the melatonin production just really increase in that lead up before your bedtime. We also want to make sure that our environment is nice and calm. So, you know, we usually just say, keep your bedroom for sleep. Don't bring your laptop and your work in there. Don't have the kids, you know, jumping around and, you know, play fighting and all the rest of it. Try to keep it more like a sanctuary, which I know sometimes it's easier said than done. But even before you go to bed that last hour, it might just be that, you know, this is, you know, mum's time, go off, have a shower or a bath, you know, Put on whatever lotions that you tend to put on, read a book, just chill out. It could even just be the last half an hour. Once you put the kids down to bed, then set out for your nice bedtime routine. So creating a bedtime routine is fantastic. Again, it doesn't have to be elaborate or take too long. I know I've shared mine before. Mine takes about 20 minutes. I go off, I have a quick shower, you know, pajamas on. I do a bit of foam rolling out, legs, upper back, couple of stretches and then settle in with a good book. Mm, that's my bedtime routine. So just like kids, our brains love that familiarity of habits and routines. And, you know, your brain goes, oh, yep, we know this drill. We know that this means we're getting ready for sleep. So if you can have those routines in place, they definitely help just to help you just, you know, go to sleep more easily and then get that really good quality sleep as well. So moving on from sleep, other things that we can look at is making sure that we don't have stimulants too close to bedtime. So that includes things like 
alcohol and anything that has caffeine in it. So coffee is a big culprit, even things like black tea, green tea, uh, chocolate, cocoa, uh, anything that's got caffeine in it, you want to really try to cut that out at least a few hours before bed, you know, especially for those smaller sources. So things like um, chocolate and tea, but coffee that has a much higher amount of caffeine. And it obviously depends how you react to caffeine as well, but trying to have your last coffee before midday. So once midday hits, cut out the coffee, especially if you're used to having that sort of afternoon coffee around two or three o'clock to give you that pick me up to get throughout the day. See if you can eliminate that. Swap that for a smoothie. Swap that for, you know, um, a really hydrating, you know, glass of water with a squeeze of lemon and pinch of salt for some electrolytes. See what you can do to swap out that coffee just if you do are struggling with getting a good night's sleep because it really will help you just to keep that caffeine level down and allow you to get a better night's sleep. Also, we can look at flipping it around and we always think about getting good night's sleep needs to depend on everything we do the night before in the lead up, but we can also start prepping for that in the morning. So as soon as we wake up, within half an hour of waking up, we want to get some sunlight. Now, when I say sunlight, I just mean natural light. So we want natural light hitting the lens of our eyes. So even if it's an overcast day, getting out and getting that natural light to hit our eyes is going to start our melatonin production that early in the morning, which will set you up for a better night's sleep at nighttime. So if you can get out, you want to get about 10 minutes of it within half an hour of waking up, you could go for a walk. You can just have a uh, stand or a sit in your backyard, enjoy breakfast out there, you know, do a few stretches or some Pilates, whatever it is, get out, get some morning light in those eyes just to help with your energy levels because it is going to allow you to get that better night's sleep. Also, you can do it behind a window, but it is better to really try to get out there just to get that light directly hitting the lens of the eye. Now, we've talked about our sleep routine. We've talked about sunlight and getting up. We've talked about stimulants. We've talked about blocking out that blue light. So these are all really simple things to look at that add up at the end of the day. But the other thing we want to make sure that we're thinking about when we are really looking at maximizing our energy and making sure that we're waking up feeling energized is our gut health. And the best thing that I often say to people is to first off, you know, visit with your doctor or your nutritionist or your dietitian or whoever you see and get your bloods checked. So we want to look at our iron levels, okay? We want to look at our vitamin D stores. We want to look at these crucial nutrients which are going to affect our energy levels. Previously in the past, especially when I was pregnant with my first child, I was really low on energy, so low. I was doing all the right things, you know, looking after myself, eating really well, you know, exercising, you know, going to bed early, doing all that great stuff, but I was still waking up feeling exhausted. So I had my bloods done and I was low in iron, which is quite a common thing that happens during pregnancy because the babies tend to take all of your nutrients when they're growing. So really common thing to happen. So even though I was trying to maximize everything in my routine, in my life, those levels of my iron were just so low 
that it didn't matter what I did, I still was waking up feeling tired. So definitely get your bloods checked out. If you are thinking, oh, I, you know, I go to bed at a reasonable hour and I, you know, have a great sleep routine and I'm getting some morning sunlight and I've cut out caffeine. So it's not actual sleep itself and you're still waking up feeling tired, then definitely go get a um, blood test and get some of your levels checked out. It can also be a sign that sort of tiredness or fatigue, you know, that seems to be quite common constant can also be a sign of either chronic fatigue or a thyroid condition. So, you know, getting your thyroid levels checked, getting your adrenals checked, and just making sure that you're ruling out any autoimmune conditions that is important too. So getting those checked out with your doctor, and then from there, you can start to make changes. So when it comes to iron, you know, if you're low in iron, you can start to add in some more iron-rich foods. So that could be things like, you know, red meat, or, you know, if you're a vegetarian, you might look at adding in some more lentils and, you know, nuts and seeds and getting in some of those more higher iron foods. Um, Other than that, looking at your intake of vitamin C. So for me, it's really important as I'm often low in iron and vitamin C helps the absorption of iron, making sure that you're also getting enough vitamin C so that you can really absorb the iron that's in that food to begin with. So I definitely recommend working with a nutritionist or a dietitian or somebody if you are looking into those areas and especially as well if you get diagnosed with an autoimmune condition because they can really dial in your diet. And that's where our gut health comes in. So if we have things like a leaky gut happening, where we're not able to absorb our nutrients, absorb that iron, that vitamin C, that vitamin D, whatever it may be, then we're kind of leaving those nutrients on the table. And that is when our body can't use those nutrients to produce the energy that we need. So gut health is super important. And we know with our gut health that we need to be eating, you know, a diet that's high in fiber. We need to be eating foods that are, you know, high in our prebiotics and our probiotics. So we're really feeding that gut health. And if all else fails and it's just all gets too complicated, go back to eating lots of different colored vegetables because they are going to be so nourishing for your gut. Also, I just want to sort of preface with that, that if you are having gut issues and you're like, oh, all these fruits and vegetables sounds great, Kate, but I don't digest them very well. I just never feel that great. Then look at making sure that the vegetables you're eating are cooked. So, you know, vegetables are made up of fibers of cellulose. And when those cellulose are cooked, okay, those fibers are cooked, they break down and they're more easily digestible. So having those vegetables in soups and stews or, you know, roasted, these vegetables are then broken down and they're going to be much more easily absorbed and the nutrients are more easily absorbed from them as well. So definitely look into that. Um, If you're eating a lot of raw foods and you're still having issues with energy, then definitely look at swapping over and adding in some more of those cooked foods because they are much more healing on the gut. We can also, you know, look at, you know, having your bone broth and really making sure that you're getting that collagen out of it because it's very protected for the gut. So Going back to that whole food diet, lots of cooked veggies, lots of warming meals can be really beneficial for our gut health and then be yet to be able to absorb those nutrients from our food to create the energy. 
And then finally, it's always great to touch on our movement because our movement is so essential. You know, if I have a client that's coming in and maybe they're struggling with issues with constipation, okay, again, they're not going to be absorbing, you know, as many nutrients from their food. Obviously, something along the chain is not being able to be digested. Maybe they're not having enough fiber to be able to push it through, or maybe they are eating plenty of fiber, but they're not getting enough hydration. So the water is is really important too, making sure that we're drinking enough water to help that fiber be digested and get pushed along the digestive system and then pushed out. Okay. So really don't forget about the water and moving our body, you know, helps all that process to happen. It helps with our digestion. So it's always nice to wait, you know, a good 20 to 30 minutes after you eat, just to make sure that you're eating in that nice relaxed state. It aids your digestion. And then if you want to move, so going for like just a nice relaxed walk after dinner, um, you know, you might be wanting to do your workout session. So always make sure you leave sort of that good half an hour for that digestion. But getting our body moving actually helps us to digest that food better, but it also helps to bring up our energy levels. And that might seem a little bit counterproductive. You think, well, I'm short on energy, but you're telling me to move more and expend more energy, essentially. Well, yes, because when we start to move our body, our body produces endorphins. So these are our happy, energized, you know, hormones that come out and say, oh, I feel really good. I feel happy when you're moving your body. And so it motivates you to move that bit more and keep moving. So, and then you sort of feel like, oh, well, I have more energy now to move because I feel so happy and I feel so good. And then it kind of has that flow on effect. So you'll often hear people say, oh, I work out in the morning and then I feel energized for my day. And that's because we get that lovely boost of endorphins going that helps you to feel more energized. Now with that, we need to be careful because if you over-exercise and you get that boost of endorphins and you think, yeah, I feel amazing and you work out super hard, then you can often crash and burn after it in that your energy levels drop, your blood sugar levels drop because maybe you've done a really intense cardio session. So something like running or, you know, a really hard or intense hit class um, or, you know, cycling class and you go, 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 go. And you've used all your glucose uh, stores, you know, your muscles are depleted, your blood glucose just plummets and then you feel pretty terrible. And that's when we need to refuel with a really good protein, carbohydrate, and fat-balanced snack or meal that is going to help to stabilize your blood sugar levels and help to re-energize you. So if we do a hard workout and then we reach for a sugary muffin, then we're going to have that lift up of our blood sugar levels from before we exercise. They'll drop because we've used the glucose, okay, as we exercise in that cardio work. And then we go to eat that muffin and the blood sugar levels go skyrocketing back up. And then that sugar is just going to, again, crash back down, okay? So we need to have that really good balance. You might look at, you know, a tub of yogurt, add in some crushed almonds and macadamias, some crushed nuts, and a handful of berries and mix in a tablespoon of peanut butter so you've got some good fat. And that mix of protein, carbs, and 
good fats is what's really going to help stabilize those blood sugar levels and make sure that you have enough energy to keep going throughout your day. So always think of when you are refueling after moving your body, that you are focusing on having those nutrient dense snacks rather than just reaching for that sugar hit, which, you know, a lot of the time we go, oh, we've exercised really hard. Yeah, I'm going to reach out for that chocolate bar because it won't matter now because I've done my exercise and I don't have to worry about calories. When we actually need to be thinking, okay, we've done our workout. Our bodies is, you know, body is pretty depleted right now. We've used up our immediate energy source by doing some hard cardio. So what can we refuel ourselves with to make sure that we can feel focused, have great concentration and just feel energized for the rest of the day? And that's where that really balanced snack or meal comes into play. So to recap, to make sure that we have enough energy, that we wake up feeling ready to go, we want to make sure that we're looking at our sleep routines, really dial that in first. Number two, get your morning sunlight, get out, experience that warmth on your face, okay? Help that melatonin start to be produced much earlier in the day to help you fall asleep more easily at night. Number three, cut out any caffeine, alcohol those stimulants that are going to keep you awake and affect your sleep. Number four, block that blue light, turn off those screens or invest in a pair of blue light blocking glasses, which will help. Number five, make sure you're nourishing your gut. And if all else fails and you've done some of these changes and nothing's really working, go get your bloods checked out with your local GP. Make sure that, you know, everything is looking right. There's no, you know, autoimmune condition, low iron or anything there that you might need to work on. And then finally, move your body because as counterintuitive as it may seem, when we move our body, we actually tend to, you know, change our mindset and we actually re-energize ourselves to have more motivation to do other things. And that's it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Go away, definitely implement these things. Remember, I always say it's always fantastic to learn, you know, feel great listening in, hear all these amazing tips and tricks, but unless we start instigating them into our life and making these small changes, then nothing is going to change. And don't feel overwhelmed. Just pick one thing, focus on that for say, you know, three to five days or one to two weeks. And once you have that really dialed in, then move to the next thing. Remember those small steps will make huge changes in the long term. All right. Thanks for listening in, everybody. If you have any questions, please reach out to me on social. As always, thank you so much for subscribing. I read each and every comment that you guys shoot in. And otherwise, have a fantastic week and I'll tune in with you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening in to the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.